So uh, who on earth is going to be wide receiver one for Indiana this year? You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Wednesday, June 22nd. You know where you're at. This is Locked On Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Brood. want to thank you guys for making Locked On Hoosiers your very first listen every single day. IU's football team last year got, I mean, across the board offensively, they, they struggled to get production. Wide receiver core may have been the worst among them. And then they just kind of cleaned house. There was a lot of transfers. There was some graduating. Guys went to the NFL. And what we're left with is just a whole, whole, whole lot of questions when it comes to what on earth are uh, is the wide receiver room going to look like this season. We're continuing our uh, kind of depth chart series, taking a look at each position on the IU football depth chart. We've already done quarterbacks. We've already done running backs. Uh, honestly, there's a group. There is not a group we know less about than this wide receiver core. Um, and really, uh, that means I kind of had to change the format of the show. Typically, I would give you a list, kind of the the players. Uh, I've been breaking them up into tiers. I, I would talk about maybe some battles to watch, and then some storylines or questions uh, that we have going into the season. Segments two and three are just questions because we don't, everything is a battle when it comes to this group. It is not an exaggeration to say we have no idea who is going to be the starting wide receivers uh, come week one against Illinois in September. I did try to break them into tiers, but they're very loosely broken into tiers and I, these could change. Uh, The first tier are the known commodities. Doesn't mean they're good, doesn't mean they're bad, just means we know who they are. We know what they bring to the table. DJ Matthews Jr. is top of that list. Now, I know a lot of you might be thinking, we know what he is, and he was really good. That's true. The reason I'm saying we don't know what type of production we're going to get is he's coming back from blowing out his knee. And we saw what type of impact that had on somebody like Michael Penix last year, how long it took him to adjust. Uh, Hopefully he's back week one. We didn't get a whole lot of like prognosis during spring camp, probably predictably. We'll know more come fall camp in August, but we know what DJ Matthews is when he's on the field and healthy. We don't know when he's exactly going to be healthy. Two other names in this tier, uh, Javon Swinton, Malachi Holt-Bennett, guys who have had moments where they've contributed, uh, had a couple plays here and there, but ultimately inconsistent. They might be looked upon as guys who can step up, uh, but it's not like continuity is going to do anybody any good or anything because it's a new quarterback. It's a new quarterback battle. It's a new offensive coordinator. uh, It's a new group of receivers. It's new running backs. Like there is no continuity. It's just a clean slate for anybody. So I don't even know how much guys like Swinton and Holt Bennett, what they've done in the past. I don't really know that it matters because everything is brand new. There's a handful of transfers. That's the second tier that I grouped. Emory Simmons, Cam Camper, Anderson Kobe. Those first two names, Simmons and Camper, 
I think based on their production last year at their various uh, schools, Emory Simmons was at UNC, Cam Camper was at Trinity Valley Community College, uh, but still based on their kind of ratings, their rankings, their uh, and things that Tom Allen has said, he singled both those guys out. I think we're going to uh, we can expect some form of production from these two. Anderson Kobe, we don't really know a lot about. He was really late, uh, a really late transfer from Tennessee. Uh, didn't do a ton at Tennessee, so uh, it's kind of unclear what he would bring to the table this season. Uh, that's kind of the benefit, though, is that there's so much uncertainty. Everybody has a shot this year. We'll talk about that here in a minute. The freshman, Omar Cooper Jr., I think most IU football fans know who that is. Cameron Perry uh, and Eli Jockham, who is actually a red shirt, red shirt um, freshman, but I stuck him in with the, uh, the other two freshmen because he's the only uh, real red shirt vet freshman. Jacquez Smith as well belongs in that group as a red shirt freshman, but uh, a group of guys who we know – literally nothing about uh cooper is honestly maybe the most known quantity and he's a freshman uh he certainly is going to have some attention that this is great news for someone like him because he can come in right away and potentially make an impact he's not battling up a depth chart necessarily because there's no shot that a depth chart can exist for these guys uh, right now and not a reliable one and not kind of an ironclad one. If there is one, it's written in pencil, so it can be easily changed and erased. Last group is just simply the unknown quantities. We don't know about them. Uh, they, most of these guys probably aren't even going to get on the field. David Baker, Christian Harris, McCall Ray, and then the name that some of you might've expected at some point, Donovan McCauley, who, we talked about uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, we assume at this point that he's going to be a wide receiver. I, I don't think that uh, Don Fisher would lie. I think he probably wasn't supposed to tell people that yet, but I, I don't think he would lie, and that's where this information came from. He's still an unknown quantity, and we're not even certain that he would play this year. There were some rumblings that he might redshirt this year. Uh, as a wide receiver to adjust again for someone like Donovan McCauley, this is great because he doesn't really have a, a pecking order. He has to climb up. If he makes a good impression, maybe he gets some time on the field game one as a receiver. Those are kind of the rough outlines I have for the wide receiver wide receiver group. And you see quickly that my hands are up in the air right now for those not watching on YouTube. Like, when DJ Matthews is healthy, he's the only one we really know and expect anything from. After that, anybody's guess. So let's start asking some questions, try to answer some of them, and figure out what in the world uh, this IU receiver core is going to look like next season. Before we start asking those questions, you know how our friends at Built are always coming out with new amazing flavors. Well, this time, guys, they've truly outdone themselves with their mud pie flavor. And for the first time ever, Built is introducing the mud pie flavor in both mud pie bars and mud pie puffs. Try saying that three times fast. Uh, if you're not sure what mud pie tastes like, well, if you're a chocolate fan, you better be down for this. 
uh, or you better sit down for this. Uh, the new mud pie bar is a rich whipped cream and chocolate mousse smothered in 100% real chocolate and topped with cookies and cream crumble. You got to try mud pie as soon as possible. And you need to hurry because the mud pie bar and mud pie puff are only available for a limited time. Visit built.com to taste the deliciousness yourself. Uh, like everything else with built, these are covered in 100% real chocolate. They're also made uh, with collagen protein. That means they're uh, healthy for you. They're tasty for you as well. Your body absorbs that collagen protein more efficiently. So head on over to built.com. Once you add these mud pie bars to your cart, use the promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. One live NBA draft show is not enough for not locked on. The entire NBA channel is going live on NBA draft night. So if you have a favorite NBA team, make sure you subscribe now to their locked on YouTube channel. So you get notified when they go live on draft night. Uh, the Pacers have one of the top picks in the draft. Uh, we will see uh, who they pick. It might be Jaden Ivey, uh, which could be a lot of fun next to Tyrese Halliburton. Speaking of Purdue, Thoughts and prayers to, to the Purdue family for Caleb Swainigan's passing. I'm sure a lot of you remember him uh, for his time playing against IU. Uh, I I worked in the area that he was from. I heard nothing but good things about him. Really, really heartbreaking stuff to read about today. And uh, just thinking about him, his family, the Purdue family up there. I know we're rivals, but... Moments like this kind of transcend any rivalry and uh, just thinking about them and pouring one out for those guys tonight. Let's get back to some IU football. No good way to segue from that, but let's, let's start answering some of these questions when it comes to this wide receiver group. And the first one is honestly, who the heck is wide receiver one? Because uh, <laughs> we don't even know if DJ Matthews is uh, going to be back in time. And if he is, he was kind of a slot receiver last year. You don't really typically see wide receiver one as a slot receiver. Uh, I, I, I mean, he wouldn't be. He would be labeled as something else. He would be the best receiver, which is probably more of what this, what I meant by this question. But then the question becomes, can DJ Evan Matthews even replicate his form from 2021? He was incredible through the handful of games he played the best offensive player IU had last season when he played. And then it all kind of went away in a blink of an eye. So, like, can he even replicate that? That wasn't really something he had done before. Uh, he had more freedom than he ever had, so maybe that was part of it. If he can get back healthy, IU fans know what to expect with him, and maybe that confidence from last year carries over. But can he get on the field in time? Can he replicate that form when he gets on the field? Uh, because if he does, he's the best wide receiver of the group. If he doesn't, Lord, I have no idea. I really don't. I would say that Emory Simmons and Cam Camper, as we mentioned, are probably your favorites to be uh, the top wide receivers next season. But um, I really don't know what to expect out of anybody the the next question I have is just where does Donovan McCauley fit in all this? That's kind of the question we're all going to have um, as, when fall camp opens and it's in presumably he's lining up as a wide receiver is how does he fit? 
Um, the coaching staff clearly saw something there, whether it was something they didn't like in terms of his quarterback play, or maybe they just wanted to try to get him on the field in a different way and, and get the ball to him in a different kind of way. And if that's the case, you hope that he's able to make the strides to get on the field this season because, I mean, I'm going to keep repeating this. He's going to have the opportunities. Like, I'm going to say this for everybody, but I would imagine that everybody that is halfway decent is going to get shots, especially the first few weeks of the season. They play Illinois, which it's a conference game, but it's one you should be winning. Then they have a fairly easy stretch of non-conference games before they play Cincinnati. So they're going to have some time to kind of iron things out a little bit um, and get some idea of who is going to contribute out wide. McCauley, does he fit in as one of those guys? When we start actual conference play uh, week five, I believe, of the season, is he going to be one of the guys that we can rely upon out wide? Is he redshirted? Is he just not able to make an impact? Where does he fall into all of this? I really don't know. I, I, I like the idea of getting him in positions where he can make an impact, but I I really don't know. Um, it, it, it feels like a waste last year, not having him as a wide receiver and having him play quarterback. Now, maybe some of that experience playing just helps him in general, but um, we'll see how it goes. It could, it could go either way, to be honest right now. We're really just kind of guessing. Uh, and, and how do you improve as a unit from 2021? Because the wide receiver core was bad last year. Like there is no sugarcoating it and the Hoosiers have to take steps forward. But what does that look like this season? We don't know who the quarterback's going to be. There's not going to be much in terms of continuity, if anything at all, uh, when it comes to the quarterbacks next season. And even then, DJ Matthews is the top returning wide receiver with 165 yards. He only played five games, uh, four and a half, really. Uh, Javon Swinton had 115. And then you're all the way down to Malachi Holt Bennett, who had one catch last year for 29 yards. That's it. That's the that's the extent of the returning wide receiver production from last season. It's not an exaggeration. That is literally it. Your top three receivers, Peyton Hendershot, Ty Freifogel, Miles Marshall, they're all gone. That is that is it. That is all the production you have. So they need to take take a step forward from last year where they struggled. How do you do that when you're just replacing everybody? Like it, it's a it's a difficult task that I'm I'm glad I'm not the one that has to figure that out. But this this unit has to take a step forward and be more dependable. You would hope that with a new offensive coordinator. Uh, a new wide receiver coach and Adam Henry co-offensive coordinator, uh, one that comes in with a lot of experience. You would hope that he's able to help this group take steps forward. But uh, on one hand, you can only go up from last season, but I just don't know who leads you going forward. Like what, it, there's just so much you don't know about this group that I just really don't even know where to start. When you, when I say that they need to take steps forward, where does that begin? Like, in, until we see these guys in action, we're just not going to be really certain about who's the guys that are going to lead IU moving forward. We have a handful of more questions I want to try to take a look at, take some guesses at, try to figure out, and hopefully try to get some answers. There's not going to be a lot of answers in this one. 
Uh, we'll we'll dive back into those questions here in a moment. Make sure you guys are subscribed over to our YouTube. Uh, post the episodes there 7 a.m. every morning, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday during the summer months, uh, each weekday during the season. So you guys can join in on the conversation over there uh, and chat with fellow Hoosier fans. Uh, maybe you guys have some ideas about who the guy that's going to stand out this year is, who could take that step forward. I, one of the biggest questions is what are you going to get out of these transfers? IU has been really active in the transfer portal. They bring in Simmons, Camper, Kobe. Um, again, those first two, are, I feel like I have a better feel, uh, understanding or, or of what they're going to potentially bring to the table. But even that's very, very weak. I, I just really don't know what this is going to look like next season. So what? What are you going to get from those guys? Because those guys come to a school like Indiana, a situation like Indiana, where they expect to get reps. We saw DJ Matthews did that last season. Maybe an Emory Simmons or a Cam Camper can step in with more opportunity and take a big step forward. And maybe it's one of those guys that's able to lead Indiana. But if I just told you last season that DJ Matthews was, would have been IU's best, <coughs> excuse me, best wide receiver through the first four games, you wouldn't have believed me because that wasn't anything he had done also because Ty Freifogel, you expected a lot more from last season, but that's the nature of these transfers. So is there a DJ Matthews in this group of transfers this season? Can Simmons, can Camper embrace the extra opportunities, the more, uh, more snaps they're going to get, more targets they're going to get, and explode onto the scene like DJ Matthews did? That's something that IU needs, not just even to look forward to. IU has to have somebody kind of pop off uh, in a way that we don't really expect to get that level of production. Can Omar Cooper make an impact right away? It's a bit unfair to ask him, a true freshman, to do that. Obviously, he's super talented. It was a big get for IU to not only sign him, uh, or get his commitment, I should say, but get him signed when they did to avoid anybody else trying to recruit him. He was a, a coveted prospect. So he comes into Bloomington with some fanfare. Is he able to make a step, make a, a steps forward day one, practice one, be ready to contribute in game one? Uh, again, I don't expect him to necessarily start be wide receiver one himself, but if he's able to immediately be productive and offer IU a, a different weapon uh, right away, right out of the gate, that's huge. That's huge for Indiana. I think if you're looking toward the future, he's the guy that will eventually, I, I could see being wide receiver one. You don't get that out of true freshman wide receiver, so I'm never going to anticipate that now, but uh, – We'll see what what he's able to do early on, what type of opportunities he might get early on because, again, it's unfair, but IU kind of needs him. They need everybody to step up. So is Cooper able to do that? And on the, the, the note of step up, who is going to step up in this group? Because somebody is going to have to play 
unexpectedly well to be able to contribute. And I, I don't know who that is. You could take any sort of guess. You could honestly argue for about half dozen people, 10 people almost. Any of the returning guys, Matthew Swinton, Holt Bennett, uh, Simmons, Camper, Cooper, maybe even Anderson, Kobe, McCauley. Uh, I mean, right there, you're looking at eight guys that I could understand an argument for that, yeah, they're going to be the guy that leads us. Um, some I would believe more strongly than others, but realistically, I, you just don't know. Somebody's going to have to take that step forward this season, and it's hard to predict, but that's the best shot Indiana has at being a competitive team. Uh, a bowl game is is probably the ideal scenario this year. It would take a couple wins over tough opponents. Uh, obviously, Maryland, Maryland and Rutgers are almost always must-win games in the Big Ten East. Purdue as well. Uh, you win those three, you win uh, three or conference or non-conference games. Uh, mix the Illinois game in there. You have some wiggle room. That's but those are the fine margins we have. If IU wants to get to that point, somebody in this wide receiver room is going to have to step up. One I didn't write down that I thought of as we we're doing this. We talked about David Ellis during the running back uh, episode, but where does T factor into this? Because technically listed as a running back, he's more of a third down back, utility back. Uh, does he become more of a pass-catching uh, option to alleviate some of the burden on this wide receiver group? Um, does he even start lining up in the slot a little bit and running routes like that to help this group have some experience that they sorely, sorely, sorely lack? Uh, even among, even for <clears throat> how new everybody is to... IU, there just isn't a ton of experience. DJ Matthews has some. Emory Simmons is a senior. But outside of that, you have a lot of freshmen, sophomores, uh, guys who just haven't really seen time on the field. So does somebody like David Ellis try to – or does he get moved over more of a slot guy to provide some of that experience and as a safety valve of sorts, at least early on until IU gets a sense of – what it's doing, the this receiver group, get some of that game action and starts to adapt. So that's something else worth monitoring and seeing uh, if he, if David Ellis is used as kind of this um, Swiss Army knife of sorts, whether as a running back or as a receiver uh, for the Hoosiers next season. Thanks again, guys, for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. We'll be back with you on Friday, probably doing a uh, another one of these on the tight end and offensive lineman, unless some type of news comes about between now and then. But want to try to start punching these out with a little bit more regularity. Um, so look forward to that either Friday or Monday. Uh, one of the next few episodes, we'll have that out for you. The first picks of the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft have been made. Search now for Ultimate NBA Mock Draft and get over 50 insiders, the Odyssey sports experts, the draft experts at NBA Big Board as well. The five-episode Ultimate NBA Mock Draft is underway. Make Ultimate NBA Mock Mock Draft your second listen today. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter. Subscribe real quick if you haven't already to the podcast. Helps us out a ton. It's real simple. Um, 
just takes a moment of your time. So does rating and reviewing. If you're listening somewhere where you can do that, just real quick, give us a, a, a quick review, hopefully five stars. If you have a question you'd like me to answer, leave it in the review. I will get to it. I check them uh, fairly regularly, but uh, more than anything, if you can leave a quick rating, that helps us out a ton. You guys have been so, so, so generous. I can't thank you enough, but if you can just leave that real quick rating, that, that helps us out, helps us grow, helps us reach more people. Now, make sure you guys have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Wednesday. And most importantly, LEO.